Thanks, and welcome to In the Finest Hour, a competitive 40k podcast featuring tips and strategies you can use in about an hour. I am your good host, Shailen Allen-West, and with me I have our neutral host, Sean Morgan, also known as Abuse Puppy. Hello. And our evil host, Ben Jurek. Back at it again. I did give you first crack last time. You did, and I relished in it. <laughs> so I kind of thought uh, we should talk about one of a subject that's very near and dear to our hearts, and maybe we talk about it all the time, but uh, what exactly it is that draws 40k to us and keeps us here? Because I think that's an interesting thing most people don't realize that we all have opinions on. Sean, you want to start? Yeah, uh, for me at least a lot of it is the modeling aspect. I really like converting stuff uh, and really customizing because I also enjoy uh, tweaking army lists and, and adjusting that sort of thing a lot. So uh, I think for me anyways, it, it really is the ability to kind of personalize uh, armies and make them unique in a way that I specifically find enjoyable is what pulls me in. I've, I've found that other games where you don't have this level of customization, they don't really grab me as much. That is completely fair. Ben, what about you? I'm a particular fan of of the like problem solving uh, equation of that is 40k as far as approaching a strategic game and building a list that will do well as far as like on a personal note like where I get my personal like rewards and why I like playing um, <clears throat> as far as why do I keep playing it's always the people I love gaming communities I love making friends I'm a very extroverted person um, so I kind of like a little split two thing of like what where do I get my dopamine and what keeps me here uh, are definitely those two things. Hmm. So for me, I love a lot of things about 40k as an autistic person. It's like, oh, hey, this is a very constructed social situation with set rules and you can't screw it up really easily. I love those. Those are easy. I like those. Um, but it's also very organized. So I have structured things. So and I like that a lot. Um, obviously, having a sculpture background, customizing, and turning my army into a ridiculous thing that I like to turn it into is uh, a very big pastime of mine as well. And I I like having a really sharp, clean game where both people are working really hard and doesn't matter who wins. It matters that the game was played really sharp, accurately, and cleanly. Hmm. Yeah, I've never walked away from a, from a game that was like, clean and well played even if i lost and felt bad about it so because it's like oh man i'm doing the best i can you're doing the best i can and we just don't know how this is going to end till it ends <laughs> so the reason we started with this is our subject today is getting back into the game it's something that a lot of people are facing relevantly around the time of this episode's released but it's a common occurrence throughout all of 40k is you leave for various reasons and then you decide to come back um we're starting this episode with the perspective that you've reached the point in your hiatus that you've decided to try returning um if you're someone who's flirting with the idea maybe this episode can be helpful to you but it's not aimed at that specifically 
And there's one little exercise we're going to invite everyone to play, and that is before you start, I want you to kind of make this kind of before shot of your situation where it's like, I'm coming back to the game, or I just came back to the game, and kind of assess where you're at mentally with the game and your relationship there. We'll we'll get back to why you need to make that snapshot in a minute. Or more like an hour. <laughs> None of you are laughing. This is terrible. <laughs> I gave a chuckle. It was a small one, but it was still a chuckle. I, I had a guffaw set aside for it. Excellent. So when you're coming back to 40k, there's a lot of things you need to assess um, in your context. The longer you've been gone, the more things have changed. Uh, and this is the same with any hobby you've walked away from and headed back to. Nothing stays the same. So, uh, and things in your personal life might have changed a great deal. Uh, for example, during one of my hiatuses, I got married and I moved. <laughs> that that has changed a lot of my personal context. There's usually something that it triggers your hiatus, um, whether it be chosen or non-chosen, uh, for, or, you know... Um, and there's always something that like triggers the want to come back or the you you making the attempt to come back and those be, between those two points any number of wild things could have changed in your your personal space or the game space or anything that kind of like orbits around those things like your local your local game store um things will never exactly be the same uh and you kind of have to go into your new approach knowing that things aren't going to be the same yeah, especially if it has changed editions since when you last played, or multiple editions in many cases. Um, just the game is going to be different, and the way you interact with it is going to be different. And the the context and expectations of the game are going to be very different. Uh, my, my big 40k hiatus was actually between 2nd edition and 4th edition. Uh, because I had started playing the game when I was fairly young. Uh, I moved, I stopped playing it for a while, got into a bunch of other stuff, came back to it at the, the tail end of 4th, uh, and 2nd and 4th are not the same game at all, like, in almost any recognizable way. Uh, and you're probably not going to see that big of a shift in most cases, but you are going to see a big change. Yeah, my first, uh, like, forced hiatus um, was actually COVID. Um, so mm -hmm. I had about 15 months of nearly no play with the exception of, like, demoing some ninth on my home table and, like, doing some TTS. But I just went to my first GT a week ago from this recording. And it after about game one, I felt like getting back on a bike. Like, I, you know, game two, game three, game four played just freaking fine and um i was actually quite pleased how easy it was to get back on that bike because that was probably like the biggest piece of anxiety and piece of uh just like barrier was worrying about how much how long it would take me to get back into like tournament form um and then performing a 3-2 performance mid table i'm not upset about it in the very least actually that's a great point there ben because when you've been away, you're going to lose some set of skill, habits, game speed ability, and even just 
you know, mental knowledge of the rules, because the rules on some level have changed, even if what you've had is a really basic hiatus. Um, Like, you've been away for a couple months, and it's like, well, maybe two codexes dropped in that time, and the whole meta shifted. You might not be aware. Ben is pointing out here, it's like, he's realistic with himself. A 3-2 showing, for the first time in 15 months, is completely acceptable. Then we all know Ben before this, probably would have had more like a 4-1 showing. Yeah, the, that's, that was about my expected, was my, well, the, the last event, the event was Battle for LA. I went to the event with the expectation of, of, a, of a podium finish, where this time I'm like, oh, I, I will be happy with a mid-table, and that's exactly where I, where I ended up. Adjusting your expectations is obviously pretty key, if you are coming back after that long, you're going to want your, your expectations to be internal as like, what, what can I do? What am I able to achieve? Uh, that is going to be a personal goal as opposed to, am I going to win the tournament? Am I going to get this record or whatever? Uh, because, realistically, you're not going to win the tournament. If you've been away for an extended period of time um, and other people have been playing, which they almost always have, um, you are not going to be in a position to win things, no matter how good you were before, uh, because that skill is not 100% transferable, and that is just kind of the reality of competitive play. Um you're not the only one who's trying hard. Everyone else is too. Yeah, the the idea of when you're setting that personal goal, and I'll bounce off what Sean just said there, is um, try to under-promise and over-deliver on yourself. Um, mm-hmm. I definitely did so, and I left the tournament in a way better mood because I exceeded all expectation. So um, <laughs> the, the, the lower you drop your expectations at yourself, the easier it is to over-deliver on it. And like, Get a really good breakdown of like, you know, we've talked about after action reports. This is a good time to like really reflect, especially in your first couple of games coming back and in like your first competitive event. Because as we've talked about, a lot of things change and then some things don't. Well, one thing I noticed that wasn't a huge change, it was a lot of the same faces, a lot of the same people. A lot of them suddenly have kids. That was weird. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> like, but other than that... Um, there's it it was it felt good to to get back in um and i, I was really rewarded because as i said at the at the intro topic um the social aspect of this game is really what like keeps me around uh and i i felt back in a good place the social aspect is also going to be something that helps get you back into things like you have no better knowledge base than the other people around you uh, and, and it absolutely benefits you to draw on that. Yes. Where you're sitting there and you ask yourself the question, like, where do I even start getting back in? If you have friends that still play, they're the first people I would talk to. Because they're still enthused about the game, they're still active, they're still participating. They kind of know what's going on. And they can mentor you into getting back in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, playing somebody that knows the edition, that has like had a few months of play versus learning an edition together, um, is actually I find a bit easier, uh, in all honesty. So having played a friend that had, you know, a number of of games of ninth under his belt, 
um, and have him show me what's going on and like explain the meta of things, I was like, oh, well, okay. I adjusted way faster than like on my own on, you know, just kind of like looking at the rules on paper and trying to decipher exactly what's going on. Yeah. Speaking of which, uh, this is a thing about getting back in that most people forget is you need to make time for it. 40k is a big hobby and it's somewhat of a big commitment and you have used the time that you used to spend on 40k with other stuff. Maybe it's Netflix binging. Maybe it's your toenail polish collection. I don't know what it is. Um, but you need to understand that there's a, a time balance there and you're not going to become super competitive and sharp again overnight either. That takes time. It took time for you to become competitive and where you were before the hiatus, and it's going to take time to get back there. But you once were there, so you, your body and mind know how to get there. It's just a matter of redriving it over, so it should come back some faster, but go at a speed that makes sense for you, considering your life's changed. Yeah, there's a... For, for me, I have somebody very close to me, my wife, um, that has chosen to not uh, jump into the deep end like I did immediately back into uh, GTs and such. Um, just because she hasn't been able to like fill that time slot, but also doesn't want to go to a GT not prepared. Um, they don't want to try and learn the game uh, on the bottom tables and just not have a good time because part of what makes them have a good time uh, is feeling competent at the game. Um, and they're just not in a place where they want to do that yet, so they're taking it at a different pace, and they'll probably be at some GTs and such later. Um, but in, in these first couple of months of myself getting back in the game, they've chosen to abstain, and I 100% support that, but I still send her lists and tell her how broken Drukari are. Um, it gets her a little excited. <laughs> yeah, they're really good. Is that an act of love? I mean, my husband buys miniatures every Valentine's Day. I'm, I'm totally with this. Miniatures over flowers, boys. Just remember. <laughs> um, other places to start. Uh, just getting familiar with the current rules. Just starting to read, listen to podcasts, watch some YouTubes. Um, you will want stuff that's a little more current because you're trying to get familiar with the current rules. And then once you go like, huh, what's this current rule? You can kind of wiki click it and look back at what created it and what, how that kind of caused things. But that that's a good place to start is just start researching even just getting the book and we're starting to read it is a great place to start i mean that's how everyone starts reading the rules really yeah it's also useful in terms of getting your motivation moving uh because you know there's the the kind of the intellectual like i would like to restart this hobby part uh, but that's not necessarily the same uh, as I'm ready to sit down and spend 16 hours building and painting stuff to get my army current. Um, and getting excited about things uh, through listening to podcasts, through watching battle reports, through reading tournament reports, whatever that is, um, can be a way to help kind of... Uh, spin up your your internal flywheel so to speak oh definitely and another thing is you can join a social media group for your favorite faction factions of choice um because these are people that are currently invested in this and they'll have an idea of like man drakari you're super broken let me tell you all about how much i love my own faction right now 
Yeah, the the thing that got me hooked into wanting to try competitive 40k in the first place, and the thing that will always like make edge me to want to play is when I walk into my local game store and I see two people at a table playing and rolling dice. I instantly want to go watch. I instantly like want to see what's going on, and that's kind of like what starts that little kindling and fire of me wanting to play 40k again. Um, is always just like seeing a game get played and realizing that I actually just enjoy the gameplay. Mm-hmm. I th- I think like actually like you know watching that game kind of hanging out and interacting with players is a good way to start out getting back in because you don't necessarily have to hit the deep end immediately. Your first forty k experience when you come back does not have to be a GT or super major. Uh, it's it's perfectly fine just to like go back to the game store and hang out and talk about 40k with people for a little bit before you've ever touched a paintbrush or read the rule book or anything uh, that you haven't done for all those months like if if the people are a big part of your motivator for it then then go talk to the people and and get that part going yeah also these people um because they're current and stuff they can like turn around and say hey you're trying to get back in would you like to borrow an army because or or just like would you like to play with my models because i mean there are people in communities that do that and it can mean a zero investment on the construction side for you and let you have some playing experience before you go off the deep end and spend 16 hours building an army yeah with uh with recruitment in the game um i would say the idea of borrowing an army and the idea of making the like barriers of play uh and you know kind of what's the word i'm looking for there's there's just some people are worried about playing an rtt because they know they won't win but if they play in like a league structure where they're gonna be paired against players of similar play skill they're usually a lot more comfortable um yeah so that's been a really good like recruitment technique in our local area and we've gotten a lot of people that used to play back into playing again um, and then they get more and more interested and the fire builds and suddenly we're having these like 20 plus man RTTs. Um, so we, with it, those RTTs usually only be like six to eight people. So we're, it's, it's been a really good technique. And now like our league is pushing out 50 plus people, uh, per, per league season. So it's, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, another thing I recommend if you're getting back in and you haven't done things like list building, which is a skill, um, and you're not familiar with the new rules or new synergies, grab a netlist. Um, it's a great way to eliminate like the, I don't know if it's me sucking or my list, because it can say, well, the list is a known good, or at least okay-ish, and it's, ah, this is me learning and struggling versus my list is just bad. And as we've stated in the netlist episode, netlists are a good tool to help people where the list building isn't a strength anyway. So it's like, well, you can make yourself have less problems as opposed to more problems. It's one of the ways you can kind of take take it back in chunks. Yeah, and a mixture of any of these things where you take said netlist and you then you take said person who made said netlist on like an Art of War podcast or something... And then you not only do you have the list, but you have the understanding of how to play the list in this edition and what it does for like missions and such. So once you start com- combining those things, getting back into it with like a full understanding of what you're what you're doing and not just like grasping at straws um, is a way more comfortable place to be than just kind of like, you know, plopping yourself in there with not a single idea. Mm-hmm. Um, some people I've seen go the 
brand new game, brand new me, brand new army route. Uh, if one of the reasons you left the game was burnout related to your factions of choice, you might consider starting a new army. Uh, or if you're like sitting there like, man, I got all these old style marines, but I need a bunch of Primaris to be competitive, and I don't really want to build a bunch of Primaris. Uh, you know what, I'm just gonna go play, I don't know, uh, orcs, you know. It might be a time to switch that over so you aren't walking back into your ex-pile of frustration. I've actually seen a lot of, like, multi-generational players that have had more than one hiatus, and each time they come back, they build a new army, and then, like, you kind of can see their, like, 40k career by, like, how many armies they have. You also see, like, their their painting evolution and everything else. <laughs> the first models I painted aren't like my current models. We'll leave it at that. <laughs> Do either of you two have anything to add for kind of, like, the get-back-in and places to start discussion we've been having one thing i like to do when i know that i'm not comfortable playing um immediately is i like to observe games uh whether it be if there's gts running which there weren't um i can watch something get streamed on twitch uh or through any of the other like gt casts that do that or i'd like to go to like nrtt and see who still plays and see who's hanging out maybe like show up for like an hour or so maybe the whole thing if you're really that dedicated and like walk around the tables and watch games get played. And if you know, if you got friends that are willing to talk to you about stuff, ask what's going on. Uh, most people aren't going to be too adverse to doing that. Um, just you know, make sure you ask consent first. You don't want to like butt in somebody's game or you know get into like a high tense tensity situation. But other than that, um, I I would say that I would I'm the type of person that would like go watch a tournament first before I played in one. But this time around, not the case, but I definitely thought about it. Yeah, um, I will say that it is way easier to go in when you got a friend with you. So if you got someone who's interested in starting, you're like, well, I could restart while you start. Now you're doing it together. Um, and you're not going into that game store you haven't set foot in in, like, I don't know, in forever ago, you know, by yourself. You've got a, You've got someone with you, and that takes a lot of... Nervousness, because you at least have one friend with you. You know, the one loyal friend in your corner. Um, but it, it's very true. You can come in and just kind of dip your toes in the water. Uh, the great thing is you have perfect control of this. You don't have to go fast. You can do toe dipping. You can you can really think about it. You can be very tactical about it. Like, I'm going to try to do this, this, and this, and this. But, you know, as we said at the beginning... Be, be realistic and don't be hard on yourself. You haven't done this in a while. So just give your give yourself time to get readjusted and acclimated. Yeah, the you've mentioned the snapshot, um, and I'll, I'll start giving a piece on that now. Uh, for me, my snapshot was a, you know, a competitive player who traveled frequently, who placed in the top 100, who competes for best in faction, um, and getting back to that from zero is very hard. Uh, like I, I understood that expectation of just like, okay, it's going to take me a while to get back to this point. Um, but it's also takes a lot of resources and a huge time investment. And I've kind of had to like breathe in, uh, as I prepare to go to my second GT in two weeks, um, <laughs> and be like, okay, I remember that this was difficult. This, you know, physically outside of the game takes me a lot of time, a lot of energy. 
uh, and I, you know, I also at the same time have to try and perform. Um, so for me, I have that really high level snapshot that I'm trying to work myself back to. Um, and, you know, some people, they take that, they take that snapshot and they might not want to go that far again, or they might want to do less or they might want to do more. You kind of have to also have an idea of where you want to go from there also. Yeah, don't underestimate the amount of time and effort you were putting in before. Uh, like we mentioned at the top, like your priorities have changed. You've added other stuff to your life. You may not necessarily want to give all of that stuff up, and that's fine. Um, but remember that before you were putting in 100% also. Um, and that means that if, if your priorities have changed, you're not going to be at the same level that you were. Yes, and it might be that you're sitting there and it's like, man, I'd love to be top-level competitive, and I got three kids whose mouths I need to put food into. So, I mean, you might have to, like, really examine yourself and go, I can't go that far. I physically can't do it anymore. Um, so just go in with it realistically, and as we'll talk about more in the second half, I would say go in with the intent of having fun. That is the most important thing you can do going back into the game. Because this is a game, and it is here for fun, and if you're going in, you should be going in trying to have fun, if nothing else. I mean, for for most people, like, this, you know, I don't, I don't want to ex exclude, like, the small percent where people aren't having fun, uh, but still, like, put themselves through it. But at the end of the day, like, you're, this is entertainment. Um, if you aren't being entertained, you're not having a good time with it, you either should find out how to do that within this hobby or probably decide if the hobby's for you. Um, it, the hobby honestly isn't for everyone, uh, especially at particularly high levels. Like if you only had fun being super competitive and traveling to GTs and that's not something you can do anymore, you either need to find your joy elsewhere within the hobby or maybe just the hobby is not going to be something you want to do. I mean, in all honesty, I wouldn't want to force someone to stay in something that they don't like. Yeah. Uh, no reason to harm or shoot yourself in the foot. So, you know, the nice thing is you can go your own pace and there is no shame in going your own pace and getting through it at the speed that makes sense for you. No shame at all. Sean and I will probably take very different trajectories as we get back in this post-COVID time as well. So, <laughs> no shame. All right. Uh, so we're going to... Uh, go and have a brief recess in which we will all drink uh, healthy beverages of our choices and hear from our sponsors and some awesome tunes, and then we'll come back telling you how to keep in the game once you start getting back in. Greetings. We at In the Finest Hour would really like to go back to regular tournaments and enjoy this hobby with all the people we love and care about. However, to do so, we're going to have to kick COVID's teeth in collectively. And this involves everyone getting vaccinated that can medically do so. I can assure you as an autistic person, autism is not a death sentence. It doesn't stop me from being an awesome 40k player and enjoying my life. I highly encourage you to go get vaccinated and be safe and be
be safe for everyone else. Thank you. We're back! Yay! So, let's start cracking in on how you stay in the game once you start getting back. Because it's easy to come up with a million excuses as to what you should do with that time that you are trying to take 40k away from. And go back into the habits you had previously in the hiatus period. And before the intermission, we were talking. I was talking about like finding your joy... Um, and why you would want to play the game. Um, and that joy is really what keeps you playing. So as far as retaining yourself and retaining those around you, because um, you can help them find this joy, uh, is finding what exactly makes you happy. Um, is it the modeling? Is it paint competition? Is it uh, direct competitive play in your ITC points? Is it specifically just traveling like i know people that really like they just enjoy going to events that's their thing uh you know they don't care how they do the event they just like going you know i see a lot of people at lvo that like they go to lvo because lvo is a cool big event to go to um no other reason so finding your joy uh and finding those specific things that you that like give you the excitement and give you those little brain chemicals that make us humans do what we do um is really important in this game and like what will keep you engaged yeah, that's actually why we started this episode with what we personally enjoy about the hobby is we know what makes us happy and we don't lose sight of that. Um, if there's an aspect of 40k you truly enjoy more than the others, there's no reason not to focus down on that and use that to guide you back in. It's the thing you like. And remember that there is more to 40k than just the tabletop game we're playing. In a lot of cases, for many people, there's there's other things that may have gotten them into the hobby, whether it's the novels, whether it is seeing artwork, whether it is playing various 40K-associated uh, computer games and whatnot. Um, all of those may very well have been things that got you into the hobby initially, and they can be part of what gets you back into the hobby. Yeah, um, my husband is very into the 40k lore and general universe, but he does not want to play the tabletop, so I can use his love of the universe to keep me engaged. I think the number one thing that can pull people back in and keep people in, like those evil sons of bitches they are, are your friends. Um, they, uh, <laughs> If there's one thing that, you know made me want to come back more than anything was getting back at the tables at my local game store and getting back at the tables around the country and seeing people um, that I truly enjoy and truly like love talking shop with either about the game or just about our lives. Um, it was really just so comforting this past, you know, my, my first tournament back um, just talking to people like, Hey, how are you doing? Hey, Oh, you, 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 Oh, you bought a new home. Oh, you did this. Like it was like, I spent more time talking about that stuff in between games than about, like, the post-game analysis stuff that I would normally do. Um, it was really way more social um, as far as, like, what the topics were than other events I've been to. Just because 
most everybody else at the event, it was their first event too. So it it was just like a really just warm social experience. And I, you know, I, that's part of the reason why I play is that community. Yeah. Um, I, I had a hiatus due to my work schedule and I came back, um, to a GT in my local area and the kind of general consensus is, oh, Shailen, it's so good to see you again. Like, how have you been? And there were so many conversations like that and lots of hugs. I'm a hugger, but it was so nice to see all the, my, my people, basically. I'm like, wow, I'm back with my people doing my people things. Yeah, there is a lot more to the community than just the game aspect of things. Like, they're, they're people. Uh, and you you have a a personal connection of some time kind to them in many cases. So it's good to reestablish that connection to to talk to them outside of the games and just have the conversations as people, not necessarily as forty k hobbyists. Well, also um, as we've pointed out here, like you're sitting there and you have a lot of laughter and fun and jokes and the sense of belonging and community which is a huge draw for a lot of people, or a draw that people don't realize that they like about the experience. Um, because it's like, when you don't have a community present, you're not always aware of it, then you're suddenly back in it, and you're like, I really missed having this. <laughs> um, so, and you'll find things that you mi decided you missed. You're like, oh, wow, like I missed doing that, and that, and that. And you realize at the end of it, you're like, I... I really had a good time, and this was good. Yeah, there's there's usually a reason why you left, and sometimes it was a choice, a you know conscious choice, and sometimes you're kind of forced out of it through some sort of life event or something changed, or maybe 40k just wasn't available in your area anymore. Um, there's everyone's positions unique, uh, and identifying the reasons you left um, is an important thing to know. Uh, to also make make yourself retain yourself in the game because if you find that oh I, I went too hard and I burned myself out uh, and that was a reason you left you can definitely avoid that you can make future decisions and and not make yourself go through that ever again where something like this past pandemic we don't really have any control over that so uh, I know some people you know post pandemic might not come back to the game but then that's okay I it's going to be a situation also where a lot of people might also suddenly take interest in the game. I would say um, things are kind of roaring back as far as, you know, the, the potential interest in getting back in person and getting back in stores rolling dice. Yeah, our local club just reopened, and I'm excited to see all those faces again, honestly. Um, and Ben, you had a really good point there. Uh like anything in 40k, you can fail forward. You can analyze your losses and your your issues and improve. I, I'm not trying to make light of it, but knowing the reason why you left and knowing how that equates to your current situation can be really, really helpful for making sure you have maximum jollies per minute, the measurement of fun, when you come back. Because you're avoiding all the things that send you away. So, how many JPM does it give Sean to win with Eldari? Or are we talking Imperial or Metric JPM? 
Oh, crap. I didn't know I had two forms of measurement. Imperial, we're Americans. Right, but I'm not an Imperial player, so, like, what if I use metric? Well, what do the Xenos use? Uh... I think torturing babies? Depends on the Xenos. I mean, he's obviously going to play Drakari when he comes back. There's no, there's no doubt about that. <laughs> I mean, you want to split the sister's Drakari box, Sean? I well, maybe. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> Part part of the uh, the reality of coming back to things is that you are going to have a lot that you want to do. Um, you're probably going to have models you didn't build, models you didn't paint, armies you haven't tried. Um, take it one step at a time, uh, because there's there is just going to be a lot, and it is going to be very easy to burn yourself out by deciding, like, I haven't been to any tournaments in 18 months, I'm going to go to a tournament every weekend for the next three months. That might be a bit... Yeah, it's going to be too much. Yeah, I know that my approach don't is not for everyone. Don't, don't go to 5GTs in the next two months. Don't do it. Not a good idea. <laughs> um, I'm going to do it because I know I'm going to have fun doing it, uh, and I got other things planned around those events that aren't 40K related. But... I would not recommend that type of schedule to nearly anyone. I would advise is uh, is keeping track of your of your emotions as you get back in because your emotions can tell you if you're doing things too quickly or too slow or too bullheadedly as some people might describe the behavior. Um, because if you're getting frustrated regularly. Um, it's probably because your expectations aren't matching up with reality and are in need of adjustment. Um, and just, it's just another way of like, you're being realistic with yourself as you're getting back in. It's like, I'm really frustrated, man. Like I, I'm not doing enough. I'm not going fast enough. I'm not getting as good as I should be. And the answer is you know, your expectation of being as good as you think you need to be at that pace is not realistic. Um, so just keep that in mind as you're coming back is, again, you don't want to burn yourself out, you don't want to overwhelm yourself, and you don't want to set your expectations in the wrong place either. As Ben said, undershoot and over-deliver is definitely the better way to go there. Yeah, the the general mood of this game um, on, recruitment, on recruitment, whether it be players coming back or players just starting... They need to feel good about what just happened, and a lot of times, like I don't ever, you know, I don't like to pur- purposely sandbag, but like they need a win. You don't ever want to like stomp someone that's trying to come back to the game. Uh, and this is more of an approach for players you know are coming back than yourself. But this, you have to like ease your way in because, like, the if you even if you set an expectation of losing, losing still doesn't exactly feel good. Um, you have to. There has to be a win somewhere and a, and a reason as to why you'd even want to do this in the first place. Because, like, you can't... Not many players have fun just losing all day. So find that win. And that win might not be in the form of a, of the tabletop game itself. That win might be buying the newest, coolest model and painting it. So find that win for you uh, is relatively in, important and something you want to do pretty quick, uh, in all honesty. If you're thinking about it, just do it. it it's good for the economy. <laughs> <laughs> it's good for your local FLGS anyways. 
And we like those people. Take care of them. So uh, another thing is, um, because again, the, the time commitment is, 40K is a big time commitment. We're, we're, not, uh, we're not arguing that with anyone. Is uh, It's really easy, as we stated towards the beginning, um, you, you filled that time with something else before, and now you're trying to fill it with 40K, and it's easy to make excuses to not do 40K because you're just now getting back, and you don't need to dive off the deep end just yet, you know? Um, so if you're trying to really commit to spending time back, you're going to have to commit to spending the time. And it might be the one-hour-a-day hobby time. It might just be you read an article a day. Whatever it needs to be for you to keep you engaged and moving towards that getting back in in the saddle and going. Because it turns out even though you're rusty and you're out of practice, most likely, you still have a foundation of good skills and habits probably to draw from that you just need to convert over to the current situation. And once you get past that, you're actually going to be pretty okay at playing. Yeah, I think a lot of that is deciding what level of commitment you want. Um, if that means one hour a week of painting, that's fine. If that means one game per week, that's also fine. But figure out what level it is that you want to get to and what level of of time commitment you want to put into things and then actually schedule that set that aside in advance because like she said it's going to be really easy to make excuses you've got a lot of other stuff going on you may not be that excited about the hobby yet um but if you have that time set and aside in advance and you say, you know, I'm going to play a game on Saturday. And when Saturday rolls around, it's like, well, I have these three hours set aside for a game. I'm going to do it. Uh, whereas if you just like, well, I'll, I'll do a game later this week. That's not going, that's not the same kind of commitment. You haven't really set that up and set that aside in a meaningful way. Well, especially because you need an opponent to play, you are committing time to that other person, too. So that can also be really helpful for keeping you on track, because it's like, I don't want to let my friend down. They'd be so mad about that. I wouldn't hear the end of it ever. Yeah, my uh, my weekly thing that's kind of kept me more engaged in the game and didn't cause me to disconnect as much as I did has actually been this podcast. So um, thank you, you two give you your little claps from here down in Vegas but that that's my my weekly thing that like makes me still pay attention to 40k and has mostly for the most kept me like abreast of what's going on and made my entry back in the game much easier I I admit I have used this podcast as well in a similar fashion so that's two of us so um kind of so we're going back to that. Remember that snapshot I told you to kind of keep in mind as the exercise at the very beginning of this episode? Uh, we're going to go back to that for a moment. Because if you can spend at least one month consistently committing to working on 40k, it's at that point you're going to have established a new 40k habit. And you can look back at your before shot and kind of start to contextualize it. And you can say, 
to yourself, what did I learn? How did I improve? And what is my jollies per minute in whatever system you're using to measure it? Yeah, the restarting a drug is always hard, especially after going through the withdrawal phase and whatnot. So just keep in mind, like, you, you got to... You got to look at your new drug experience. Wait, we're, we're talking about 40K. Um, you got to take your new game experience um, and figure out, you know, what exactly is what exactly is, is new. And do you feel you're getting back to that snapshot is something for me. Um, as I referenced earlier in the cast, I had a moment by like game three of the GT where this like that's my literally my fourth game I've played at a store table because I played like one league game before this. Um, I really felt like I was back in doing what I was, what I would feel comfortable doing. Like I wasn't a fish out of water anymore. Um, and while quick for me, it may not be that quick for others. Uh, and I felt I was getting much closer to, uh, the snapshot and hence reward, hence good feelings. Hence I got some JPMs. I will admit, uh, this is something my husband said. Sean came over the other day for a game, and after he left, my wife, or my husband, god damn it, um, my husband was like, sitting there looking at me, and just says, that was so good you did that. You are beaming with happiness. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks, Sean. You made me apparently extremely happy, and made my husband very happy that I was happy. Yeah, well, like we've said a bunch of times, the the social part of it is a big part of things, uh, and and don't neglect how much that can change your your feelings about the game uh, when you are looking at that snapshot. Um, like for a lot of us, not playing forty k has meant not socializing. Um, and, and losing access to a lot of social groups. So when you are kind of taking that snapshot, like, look at the people you associate with and the kind of hobby-adjacent stuff, you know, going out to dinner with people or visiting someone at their house or, you know, even just, like, talking to them online. Look at that part of things as well and and see how that has changed and how that's affected you. Yeah, and uh, and it's really important as you're going back in to contextualize your situation to what it was before. Like, if you just start coming back and you're like, man... I was sucking super bad like two months ago and now I'm at reasonable. I'm okay. I'm, I know what I'm doing now. That can give you a sense of reward and accomplishment. That's really deeply, deeply important for keeping yourself from de getting demoralized and making sure you're rewarding yourself for having the right pace for your return to the game. So, uh, we've, We've beaten up this target pretty good, but uh, I wanted to make sure that if you two gentlemen have anything to add, let's voice it now or forever hold your peace. The, th the thing that I want to reference the most as far as um, getting back in the game is you need to immediately identify these these concepts relatively quick. Um, otherwise, you're kind of either kind of like float on the outer orbit of it or never do it. Um, if you get, get that spur of the moment feeling of like, I'd like to play again, um, I say act on it. Those, those ideas, those things come to mind because 
uh, and don't stick around very often. Um, whatever reason they come to mind, you know, could be any of the things we listed or might be something unique to you. But act on it. If you have a, oh, I, I see these two people playing, like, go ahead and, you know, say something to those people. If a friend invites you to play and you feel like doing it, say yes. Um, it always, there's always that like first step. It's kind of like jumping into a pool of cold water. You know, it's going to be good after you do it, but there's always that hesitation and there's always that like bitter resistance. And I always advise, try to find a way to break that resistance and just, just do it. Inertia is a huge thing. Um, a lot of people get anxiety related to that and they're just like, oh man, oh man, oh man, oh man. Don't, don't overthink it. Just do just just let the experience happen um and you'll be surprised what you can kind of find out of that when you get through to that point sean yeah i think that's where actually committing to something can do a lot of good um where you you buy the kit and you say friday night i'm going to build this new model or you you know message your friend and say, hey, let's play a game on Saturday evening. Um, or you you take some time off in order to go to a tournament or whatever it is that you are interested in doing, but it's it's committing yourself to that ahead of time so that you don't have to struggle with that anxiety of like, am I going to do this? Am I not? What am I going to think? What am I going to do? What about all the other things? Um, you make time in your life for it because you want to, and setting that aside in advance helps you avoid those last-minute jitters. Yeah, there's a there's a momentum build with that inertia we talked about and building in like there's little things you can do uh, to get that inertia to build into more. Because like not only do you make that first decision that kind of like gets you over the edge, there's things that will like carry you off into a huge avalanching snowball of a 40k force. Because um, the first thing for me was getting my army tray out of my closet like. All right, I'm committed to playing a game. I'm committed to doing the thing. Uh, and that, of course, built into much, much, much more. Uh, for me, it was building my Twitch room and getting the Lady of Titan banner on the wall. I was like, well, yeah, I've got to honor the banner and play awesome games before it. Otherwise, I have wasted wasted Ryland's amazing art. Ugh! <laughs> Don't make that guy draw in vain. That's terrible. Yeah, I need to get a banner, I think. I think it's about that time. Yeah, you should take tournaments, and then we should. Well, I'll have three banners, and we'll be really weird. <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll be those guys, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yes, matching girls, all the matching girls. <laughs> uh, and in this kind of conversation we just had is an example of your friends helping each other get inspired and get back into it. So. Don't think we don't do it for each other because we totally support each other in this amazing hobby we have decided to jump off the deep end with. Oh, did I, did I jump? I thought I just fell. Oops. <laughs> um, something about your rocket pack exploding. I think. Uh, I mean, orc equipment is—it's funny like that, but designed. I believe it works that way. <laughs> All right. Uh, enough with the sillies. Um. 
So I think we're going to ask Sean, A, how many dollars per minute he has had this episode, and B, to take us out with a summary. I'm afraid the jollies per minute is actually classified uh, under the, the new federal statutes. I'm not allowed to reveal it under, under penalty of law. So uh, I can say that it's more than you expect, but fewer than you want. <sighs> yeah, I'm afraid that's all the information I can give. But if you need to discuss the situation further with us and you want to contact us, then we do have an email. and We are in the finest hour at gmail.com. And you can also find us on Facebook where we are also in the finest hour. And if you want to help support what we do, throw us a little bit of money. We are on Patreon as well. And for $5 a month, you can get access to our private Facebook group as well as our Discord server where you can hang about and talk about what the potential values for jollies per minute are and what sort of scaling effects you'll see and whether or not that is subject to inflation and all the sort of things like that. So thank you very much to all of our Patreons who've contributed to those very important discussions. We wouldn't be able to do this without you. And uh, speaking of Rylan Woodrow's epic art, which you should never make him draw in vain, uh, I would advise checking him out on uh, Facebook and uh, Instagram, and I think he's also on DeviantArt these days. Uh, Rylan does basically the best chaos art these days, and other just amazing 40k art. I've just... Aww. And I'd like to thank Dake Muse for the wonderful tunes that, that have been provided for the show's intro and intermission. And if you'd like to find their work, you can find them on SoundCloud, YouTube, and Spotify. Well, that's been our episode this week. I hope everyone enjoyed it and kind of felt inspired in some way or another. Um, next week, we will be talking about the the kind of mental differences for approaching the game from a best-in-faction perspective versus a best-overall perspective. Hope you will enjoy that as well. So, for this week, it's been Shailen Allen-West. Sean Morgan. Ben Turing. Thanks for listening.